C, A, B, C, A, B, C, One, two, three. A, B, C, A, B, C, One, two, three. A, B, C, One, two, three. Robotics. Welcome everyone to Uppy in the Stash. I'm your host, Uppy, and with me, as always, is the most amazing co-host in the world, Donovan Mustache. How are you, Donovan? I am staying fanstashablyless. I guess is the best way to say it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what beer caused you to say that? Uh, um, well, it must be this German Klager, the Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> It's doing a great job. I love it. Yes. Uh, tonight. The yes. The Winstiegels of beers, the Heineken. Is it as delicious as it was last week? Oh, I'm on a Heineken kick right now. Um, next week might be Steinlagen and mm. then uh, back to Heineken and then back to my old classic Corona. I don't oh, know. Nice. It comes in waves. Yeah. It kind of comes in waves. Yeah. I may be an 805 kick, Blue Moon, Blue Moon and vodka. Well, I don't know. Who knows? We'll Blue Moon Vodka, okay. Oh, yeah, they're called the Belgian Whites. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, that'll put some hair in your chest. I loved how you used, like, your best beers for the recordings that we didn't use, like, when you were, like, going to Coachella. <laughs> and then when we finally figured out what the hell we were doing, you're on Corona and the Heineken. Well, well come come payday. Come payday, I'll do the, uh, the Belgian Whites that, you know, I might get the really crappy vodka but at least the 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 blue moons will be good you know you know uh uh i'd say vintage mrs uppy would be proud because uh that was her drink of choice when we met well blue moons it tasted like shit and then we discovered shock top i was like hey shock top is way better oh have you had the summer shan the summer shandy years ago i once i adopted the ipa way of life i can't really drink things with much of the citrusy flavors so you know Uh, i can handle a little bit but not like that well maybe i'll do an ode to ipa of a sierra nevada Hmm. or a uh oh hangar 24 i've heard you know we have a mutual friend uh, here yes we will get you some hangar 24 yeah, I know. I know my old uh, area friends loved oh. Hangar Twenty Four. They Hangar they talk 24. about it the same way I talk about Dust Bowl. And speaking of Dust Bowl, I'm drinking a new one tonight. See yes. that honky tonk can there, Donovan? Right mm-hmm. up your alley. It's called Merle. It is a double oh, hazy. IP. Yeah, this is what it says. Inspired by honky tonk pioneers who soothed soothed the soul with music. It's from the Music Man series, so I'm gonna guess maybe there's more of these down the pipeline. But um, I do love me some hazy IPAs. I didn't think I would say that when I first started drinking them, but they are my jam, and this definitely tastes like country music. So it's wow. mostly cool, but a little bit, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, just for that, uh, maybe our our interlude is gonna be a good honky tonk jam <laughs> for you. Honky tonk. But don't you don't. <laughs> don't you feel, yeah. that one. <laughs> you don't like that. <laughs> Keep in your brain. Sorry. Yeah. No, no that's going It's going to screw up what we're going to do next. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. You know, the, the whole reason for tonight, well, there's two reasons for tonight. One's a little more somber. One's a little more fun. Was that I was driving along and I was like, man, like these are some of the best fucking tunes you can drive to ever right mm-hmm. and i said man this would be a great episode to have about talking about our top three cruising songs sweet it's it's fucking awesome right come on these are like your your best jams to to you know to be rolling out onto vegas or something or the highways in marino valley and or mm-hmm. you know those bonos <laughs> those bonos so um yeah i would say uh, before we get into it um, I thought I've been thinking about this all day and, 
I, w- I will put it in the context of when I thought about this, I thought about, hey, what if it's Saturday, June 8th, and we're driving down to your house from Modesto, which for those who don't know, we're talking about 380 miles. Uh, being the driver, what three songs are going to give me some sort of reaction? Turn it up, hit repeat, annoying my family by singing out loud. Um, all of the above. So, so when I get to my three, I just want everyone to know that hey, it's it's road tripping, it's West Coast, it's summer. Those are my inspirations. Those are great inspirations. Those are great inspirations. And I you know, go ahead. And what's funny about it is that you are coming down this way, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of my songs that I've had, uh, you know, ingrained into my memory of like even songs I listen to now as I'm just driving to work are songs that I drove up to 99 or mm-hmm. down to 395 through Mammoth and Bishop. Gotcha. Um, you know, these are the songs where I was like, these brings back a lot of memories and they still fucking rock for me. Like I still love them, you know, I still just listen to them and go, this is great. You know, I can just drive, you know, you know, through independence or through, mm-hmm. you know, onion country or whatever and, and still be okay. You know, to the streets of Bakersfield, and you know I'm all right. Bakersfield, we're, we're coming down. We're coming down the Tehachapi grade, you know. Okay. Yeah. And so, I, I do want to say, because uh, I mentioned summer and West Coast, I'm I feel pretty blessed to have uh, lived on both coasts and have traveled a bunch. But I have to say, nothing beats a West Coast summer morning. I don't know what it is. But there's that feeling to a West Coast California summer mon- summer morning that is second to none, right? And I love me the East Coast. I really do. The right coast, you're awesome. I love you with all my heart. But a California morning is second to none in the summer. Yeah, nice and cool in the morning. Relaxed. The birds are chirping. Everything's when calm. When you're cooking out in the sun by mid morning. <laughs> Right, yeah. it goes from like sixty to hundred within like four hours. Yeah, when, when you come out at at six in the morning and it feels great, and you're like, "Man, this is awesome." I sometimes go to work in long sleeves in the summer. Really? By eight o'clock, I'm taking that shit off, but it's a little chilly in the morning. But yeah, dude, well, we're we're in the same climate because literally, probably along the same corridor. Like, come July, August down here, we're just shorts and sandals, man. You get home, you take a shower, you know, to wash off the day. You're just lounging around and just shorts and sandals. I don't even go outside and I don't even go out to the backyard with the shirt on anymore. I'm just <laughs> if I can walk around my boxers and and sandals. That's I'll do that. You know, it's so damn hot. You know, I have to on 105. <laughs> Seriously, and we try to keep it 78. You know, and then you know, sit underneath the fan if you have to. You know. I made the mistake when we first bought this house. I would try to keep it at 72. And then I saw the electricity bills. Yeah. And I resisted. I still kept it because I was like, damn it. <laughs> if I'm going to live here, I can be comfortable. <laughs> but that electric $600 electric bill don't feel good. No, no, not that bad. If it was, we would not use the AC at all. We'd be running. <laughs> it's more like 300 but still, 300 is a lot. A lot of money still. Um, no, we keep it at 78 if it's really bad, we will turn it down for a little bit, a couple hours, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get, all right. But sit underneath the fan. Just turn the fan on. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's one thing we did because we have a house that was built in 1950. So um, it was built before these things were normal. So we actually did install a large ceiling fan in our living room. Um, it's like a 60-inch ceiling fan is huge. Um, it's yeah. made a huge difference. But the house was actually built for like the natural airflow of the region, so that kind of helps. Yeah, but that's good. I require one thing, one thing only. When I go to my bed to lay down to fall asleep, I want my room cold. So, fan is always on. We have a we have a ceiling fan in our room that's literally right over the bed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ditto. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, thing speaking. is blowing. That thing is that full blast. It's full blast. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean. Full blast all the way. I don't care what I don't care what you say or what you got to do. Put on socks, 
Act like it's winter, but that thing is not going to go down at all. Especially if we don't, because at that point, I think we still leave it at 78 or we might turn it to 79, but the air conditioner might not turn on at all, all night. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just need to get to sleep. Once I'm asleep, I don't care what happens with the temperature. I just need to fall asleep and I want it to be cold when I do it. That's my only requirement. Right? Yeah. A lot of of sleeping pills and vodka. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Coronas, ice cold Coronas. Oh, ice cold! Hell yeah, like super ice cold, and some good. You know, you don't even have to put any limes. Just give it to me like that. No, that's just wasting time. Why? Why cut up a lime? No, just give it to me like that. I'm okay. I'll drink it straight like that, as long as it's ice cold. Yeah, it has to be. That's the requirement. Yes, I right. love it. So you want to kick us off? You want to give us your number three cruising song? All right. Starting my number three cruising song. This one is always a classic for me because um, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. Okay, mm-hmm. he is. Uh, he's he's one of the most remarkable people uh, I have ever read about, and was most interested in learning about um, growing up in my twenties and through you know even now through my thirties. Anything new I could learn about him, I'd read read about it, watch the videos, and you know, uh, listen to his, his conversations and interviews and still one of my most favorite songs in the whole world. And when they think, when this song comes on, there's a lot of people who hate this song because of how it sounds, but I just absolutely love it because he incorporated so much into this song that it truly brings out like a cruising type of feeling where you can mm-hmm. roll down the windows, turn it all the way up, and truly never be embarrassed to listen to it. And it's Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> as soon as you said Johnny Cash, I was like, I hope it's one I know. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> that song is so amazing, you know? And you, know, you got the trumpets that just starts blaring in the background, right? Right. Right? And you hear... And then, you know, you hear him go off with this deep voice like a train, you know, you know, love, you know, and then just goes from there. It's just, it's, it's, you know, right. It's such an amazing song. It's just so cool to listen to. Whenever I'm listening to my music and it comes on, it just automatically that song just gets turned up all the way. Whether I'm driving down the highway or through the street or just to the grocery store, no matter where I'm cruising, that song comes on. It automatically gets turned up. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Now it's stuck in God my head. That, that's how iconic it is. It's stuck in my head now, just you mentioning the title. So, yeah. Good old Johnny Cash. Can't go wrong with that. No, J.R. Cash. My number three is a bit. My number three is a bit newer than that. Um, my number three, I went with, uh, again, Long Road Trip in Mind, Jesus of Suburbia by Green Day. I chose it for three reasons. One, it's catchy. Two, it tells a story. And the story it tells is more relevant, I think, in 2019 than it was in 2004 when it was released. And three, um, going with the whole turn it up and hit repeat thing. If I hit repeat five times on this song, I'll have killed an hour. The song is about 10 minutes long. So it, it, it chews up a significant chunk of time. Yeah. And you can sit there and be rocking out and be like, man, it's the same damn song. And it's been nine and a half minutes. Like, this was a good time. And I was taken on a journey in the process. Nice. So, I like songs like those. Yeah. So well, what is what is it about, though, that 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 song that's more relevant now than 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 it was um, post 9-11? Because I know around that time they were starting to be they were they were being a little bit political in there. Then, yeah, um, lyrics. I, would say, I, would say, I don't know. I think as an adult, I, I mean, as a young adult then, as more of a mature adult, I used air quotes there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Trump's America is much more disenfranchising than W's was. Like, you know? Yeah. I think, I think as the older we've gotten, because you and I are about the same age, the order we've gotten, I think it's gotten progressively harder for young kids. Like I, 
I got lucky. I could be 18. I went into a nice, good-paying union job. Like I think that's much more difficult now. And yeah. so I think that plight of a young person is much more difficult. Yeah. Well, they're both horrible people. One <laughs> bombed and invaded a country for no reason. So, you know, I have spite for his daddy. So, uh, you know. one, one of them at least had an enduring mother. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, yeah, okay. I would, so, um, not traditional, not songs like that, or anything, no. but. No, but long songs like those um, that make a statement, you got to have, you got to, you know, they're cool because when you're driving along and you, and you don't really truly have to focus on the, the in and outs of traffic, mm-hmm. you can really pay attention to the lyrics yeah, and, and feel what they're trying to say or what they're conveying or inferring, you know? So it's very important. You, you, you do have long songs like that. Yeah, I mean, you're just going through this journey of, hey, I'm disenfranchised. I mean, we were all that teenager who hated our parents. I mean, that's part of being a teenager is hating your parents. Then you make, you know, you make the decision up and go in the city and you, you, you find all the things you shouldn't find, like, you know. And you're not happy about it. Shit. Yeah. And then you and come home and, and then you're happy to be with your parents all over again. Yeah, it's a full circle. And yeah. again, like you said, when you're driving down the road, we're talking the 99 here. And the cases of like us traveling to each other, 99 is just one long, straight, boring ass road with nothing. nothing. So you are bored to tears. Yeah. I am at least. There's a whole lot of nothing up and down that road. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope an alien almost abducted me some. Somehow oh, in between uh, Bakersfield and Modesto a couple of times. Actually, no, between Bakersfield and Merced, please. Even by Los Banos, I, I would be happy. I can handle here to Bakersfield for the most part. But Bakersfield from there to you? I don't well, see, from Bakersfield, I could have touched the Hatchapi. You got to cut across to Hatchapi and come down to 395. You'll be better that mm-hmm. way. Don't, don't take 99 straight back to the five and then cut across mm. do 395 and uh through to Hatchapi and then come 395 through San Bernardino. It'll be a lot faster, a lot more okay. to see. Yeah. And then yeah. you won't shoot yourself by the time you get here. Right. You actually get to see me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. To yeah. What's number your number two? two. My number two is one of the all-time favorites from one of the greatest studio bands ever. It's Steely Dan, Do It Again. You have no idea what this song is. All right? Okay. I'll be shaking this song. Is, there you have <laughs> this song. Okay, so Steely Dan is, is a, a band from the 1970s that was one of the all-time best studio band uh, ever. And they never did drugs. Mm. So if you were to ever listen to there's any of their albums, you would say they never did drugs. They never did drugs. Mm. And they just had some amazing jam sessions that just came out perfect. And I believe one of their best albums is, is Aja, AJA. Mm. And uh, you might see people wearing shirts of, of that album uh, cover on it. Truly is. It's it's one of it's it's awesome. They just have a great sound. Um, a lot of uh, hip hop songs and songs you might hear in some um, R and B records uh, are sampled from Steely Dan. Okay, so okay. you got to credit a lot of what you may hear out there in the world to bands like them, and it's a cool song to jam out to when you're driving to Las Vegas. And you're hanging out, and you're everybody's kind of having their brewskis in the car, and you're just, you know, you're cruising. You're not, you're not going the hundred miles an hour like everybody else is. You're doing uh, this, you know, you're doing speed limits like seventy. You're doing like seventy four, so you're not like speeding. So if the CHP Highway Patrol decides to come behind you, you're okay. You know, it's like that kind of song. You know, you're just <laughs> cruising along, and you're like, it's a good song. So, and it was Steely Dan. Steely Dan, Steely Dan's "Do It Again." Do it again, okay. 
I, I was going to ask, like, but you kind of answered my question was, is there a chance I would recognize Steely Dan stuff? I just don't know it. Like, yes. I've heard it, but I just didn't. Hey, I wasn't introduced as, hey, this is Steely Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. You may even heard this in, in uh, movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. You go, oh, that's Steely Dan? Yes. Right. We're like, that's oh, man, that's my with like an ass on the yeah. internet yeah. for everyone here. So yeah. my number two, um, and I, I'm pretty sure when Mrs. Uppy hears this, she's going to scoff because I've given her shit for it. But when I thought summer and road tripping and like the parameters I set for my inspiration in this, um, I'm going to go with a Kid Rock song all summer long. Just it puts you in that mood of just being carefree and happy. And, you know, because if I'm road tripping in California or on the West Coast in the summertime, it's because I'm going on vacation. I'm in a good mood. I'm going to spend an awful lot of money on the kids to have fun. And I'm going to drink my beer when it's all said and done. So that that song puts me in a happy place. Makes me think of being a little bit younger, but carefree. And, you know, you get stuck in the trap of adult life you can kind of be bogged down. But I hear yeah. that song. It kind of perks me up. Yeah, all summer long. That's a good one. Um, he Doesn't he take the the same um, hook line from um, that Southern band from the 1960s um, that sings Freebird? It kind of has that Yeah, same- I, I think it's Skinner. Correct me if Leonard I'm wrong. Skinner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> funny I want to funny Leonard story Skinner. about Leonard Skinner. Yeah, funny oh, story. Yeah, fun Skinner. fact Monday again. Fun fact. Fun fact Mondays about yes. Leonard Skinner. They were like one of the one of the first bands that ever really tr- like do this like uh, um, uh, beef against artists because um, you know they 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 didn't they didn't like certain other artists out there, mm. and they made it known. You know. Um, but anyways, one time uh, Mrs. Stash and I went to Laughlin. I think it was Laughlin or Vegas. One of the, I think it was Laughlin. Anyways, in Laughlin, they had a, a Leonard Skinner restaurant that just opened up in, I believe, the Aquarius that we were staying at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we at the time, Mrs. Stash and I, we loved trying new new foods, new, new restaurants, and we just happened to pass by. I never bothered to look at what the name of the restaurant was. We drop her stuff off in the hotel room, and she says, mm-hmm. "Let's go downstairs. There's this there's this cool restaurant called Leonard Leonard Skinnerd." I said, "Leonard Skinnerd." And she says, "Yeah, yeah. It looked pretty cool. It looked like uh, you know barbecue and stuff." And I said, "All right. Well, let's go downstairs and I had uh, no we'll, we'll, we'll try." Yeah, and, I, and she's like, "Well," and I said, "Are you sure it says Leonard Skinnerd?" Yeah, yeah. Come down, and so I look. We get downstairs and and uh, I, I was like, all right, where's this restaurant? We get there and I look up and I, I go, <laughs> I start laughing and she says, what's wrong? I, I said, Mrs. Stash, this 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 doesn't say Leonard Skinner. I said, this this says Leonard Skinner. And she, she goes, like the band? I said, like the band, baby. And she, she was like, she was like so embarrassed standing there. I said, I said, I can see how I can see how you got that wrong, but maybe that's that's Leonard Skinner, all right? Freebird, hello. Well, how was the food? Oh, it was a big old bar oh big old barbecue fest. That's pretty good. Nice. You can't complain. Yeah, you got what you wanted. So, you know, you you wanted uh beef ribs or pork ribs and you know your good sides that's all it really was um other than that i mean and it's all you can eat you you pay and you can go back oh, and get some more and get some cool. more and get some more until you're totally like full and barbecue buffet huh oh i i i ate my heart's desire you know, so not very often i've never seen a barbecue buffet that's like an amazing idea it it's it didn't disappoint. I would say that much. It didn't disappoint. And I think that's going to be a future top three favorite barbecued foods. Barbecued foods or barbecued restaurants? Uh, I'm not sure if I can do restaurants. I can definitely do foods, though. I think. Yeah. That sounds good. I like that. So, um, we down to number ones? We at number ones now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, what? let's have it. 
You've been Johnny Cash. You've been Steely Dan. I'm actually really anxious to hear what number one is. Okay. Another all-time favorite from from um, a band that has its hand in a lot of American music that you hear today. Even songs that you may not think that they are part of mm-hmm. would have to be um, the song Midnight Rider. Okay. Midnight Rider is also a song that's featured in a um, is featured in a movie called The Devil's Rejects, right? Mm-hmm. And the Allman Brothers, okay, are so profound in the music industry that even songs like "Hey Jude" uh, by mm-hmm. Wilson Pickett, who redid the song Wilson Pickett, it's actually one of the Allman Brothers playing in the background as the the, the guitar playing in the background, and okay. they did that song in one one take. Really? So if you ever hear the song Hey Jude by Wilson Pickett, that is a one-take song. They did that. Boom. No kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fu- – it's an awesome song. And and that song always gets me in the mood of like, damn, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that you get that guitar in the beginning. Right? And then it kind of – you know? That's I, a, you know, it's funny. I think I recognize that from the Geico commercial. Right, <laughs> I think it's also in um uh, shoot uh, the movie Tammy, it was in the movie yeah. Tammy as well. Yeah, no, that's a solid choice. Actually, that that actually gives me the imagery of, you know, the whole West Coast ride kind of thing, like Highway One, like yep, absolutely three ninety five. Yep, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you 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 blast that song in the background. That thing is just. But if you ever seen the, the movie Devil's Rejects, any true okay. I'm not the biggest horror film fan, but this is like um, cult horror film. Okay. Okay. Like a lot of people don't like devil's rejects because it's too cultish, but mm-hmm. man, they really did an amazing job on their music and they brought mm-hmm. back that song, you know, out of the dead and said, you got to listen to this song and midnight rider by the almond brothers. They have a lot of other great songs. Okay. Don't, don't discount any of their other work, but that one song, will make you feel you can go riding off into the sunset mm-hmm. as Midnight Rider. Yeah, you can't discount the, like you said, the reach of the Allman Brothers. Like, I, I even know, like, um, uh, shoot, Billy Joe Armstrong and Nora Jones did a whole tribute album of their songs. Like, yeah. uh, I think it's called Foreverly. I didn't buy it or listen to it, but. Oh, yeah, there's, but. they got uh, Not My Cross to Bear, you know, um, that's, one of their one of their best songs. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I feel is one of their better songs out of all of them. But then you got like a thing, a song called like Melissa. You got Midnight Rider. There's there's just you just have to listen to like their greatest hits, and you would just really fall in love with their type of style that they had. So timeless, though. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's how you know they did a good job. Like you just yeah. do the and like oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like that's timeless. Um, and if you're ever really interested in, in, in how they played a huge part in um, American music, and I, I say American music, right? Um, American uh, Southern rock and, and just rock in general, R&B, is uh, Netflix has a show that was out called the Muscle Shoals uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. And it truly um, and depicted them honestly about who um, – played in the studio bands during that time at the Muscle Shoals studio. And it, mm. and it really helped shape, you know, your, your knowledge of, man, this was, this was a good time to be in music because people mm. would come into that studio day and night. And, you know, the, the you know, the Almond Brothers guys, they didn't care, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, the brothers, they, they, they played with anybody and everybody, you know, race or class. They didn't care. Well, if you can sing, you can, yeah. You never know what chemistry you're going to find, you know, and you can't discriminate, yeah. you know? No, they were awesome studio brothers, man. They, they, they could play it. They, they just had a way of um, holding it down. So mm-hmm. nice. All my, choice. Uh, I mean, that that's yeah. right up there. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I do have a $25 iTunes gift card. I think I might have to purchase that song because it was a good one. So my number one, I think it's a classic summer song. It actually mentions driving off with nowhere to go. And it's going to be surprising 
people are going to laugh and I don't care. My number one like road tripping song is The Way by Fastball. The Way by <laughs> Nineties on me? Yeah, I went. What do you mean? I went nineties. You went like the seventies on me. Yeah, you bring back to my teenage years, man. Right. <laughs> no, it's just you know, it's it's fun. It's catchy, and it talks about driving off and not having a care in the world. And I think that's kind of the purpose when you're cruising. You're driving off and not a care in the world. So I won't hit care. repeat a few times. And I'll sing it to the point where I can sing it to where Mrs. Uppy might look up from her Facebook scrolling and look annoyed. <laughs> and then my purpose will be fulfilled. Give, give you that awkward eye look and that awkward stare, that stink eye. That's what All it's right. about. I'm trying to get her attention while I'm driving. All right. Because no one else is going to do it. To you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you're you're very much like me. The only person that pays attention to me is the guy in the back, and he's asking me what I'm doing ten million times, and I can only say I'm driving home. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. For me, that's the two year old that sits behind me. She might yeah. be the only what one who's doing? talking to me. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Driving home. What are you doing? Driving home. What are you doing? I'm driving home. Yeah. yeah. Like I said three lights ago, we're driving home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, you and I are stuck in the same world where we can't be distracted by anything. All We're right. stuck with our imaginations and our small talk. Well, I know, you know. I know. All right. Well, I'm luxury of burying that... my, myself in YouTube for five hours on this drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to get you an iTunes account going, man, so that you could uh, download and listen to any song or music that iTunes has available because. That's probably like one of those thing Apple Music things. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I did well, that. How much I, that. I'm afraid of the cost. You know, the cost is not that bad. I was doing Pandora. Mm-hmm. My only issue with Pandora was that um, they weren't changing up um, the algorithm on some mm-hmm. of the stations that they had. So they would play a lot of the same things and, and they wouldn't introduce anything new. And when... I would introduce something new into the mix and say that I like that. They mm. wouldn't, they wouldn't add to that algorithm. It would stay the same. And so uh, I said, why am I paying all this money for the same 30 songs? I, you know, they keep playing. So, right. and so at least with Apple iTunes, the, the account that I have, I, I hear something that comes on and I like it and, you know, and then go from there, okay. make my own playlist and, Listen to, I like to listen to the whole album. So if there's a song that comes on and I'll go listen to the whole album, you know, I'll whatever 10 songs that they got and just say mm-hmm. whether I really liked it or didn't like it. So it's not a bad idea. Maybe if we get enough Patreon subscribers, I can afford <laughs> such thing. <laughs> yeah. So we're actually to separate this fun part with the sad part. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll join you in a few. Welcome back to the Uppy and Stash Show. And to get a little bit more serious, we're going to talk about the recent events of the Christ Church Massacre, also known as a terrorist attack, because uh, that's what it should really be known as, a terrorist attack. You know, when there are criminal acts that are committed upon a people to disrupt their life, it is what it is, a terrorist attack. And what's sad about this whole event is that the media portrays it as a massacre, one truly is, it's a terrorist attack. We have Republicans and Democrats alike who both go on national television and decide that, hey, uh, let's uh, you know berate the brown guy or uh, ask about whether their allegiance um, you know, is truly to the Constitution or is it to their religion. 
and then they bring only that same that same curiosity to the others but not themselves you know these things words and act you know they have they matter in the long run because they people hear it every day all right this sort of hate is not um one day just picked up this, this thing is taught through the years people listen to it they hear it they resonate with it and they decide you know what i'm gonna act and now here we are we have 50 people dead and kids kids who were going to a place where they felt they were going to be safe and it's sad it truly is it a truly sad day in the world that when we have um these type of events and our own president thinks that we do not have any type of um of of uh, you know um far right extreme uh, you know nationalism uh, white supremacy issues in our in our country not even issues these are um, beyond issues, these these are uh, deadly consequences of rhetoric and ideology. And if he can't see it, then you know we're doomed. <laughs> we are doomed. People truly are dead. They're doomed already. Now as is. What do you think, uh, Mister? I, 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 you know, he touched on the president being just completely obtuse. You know, you think Charlottesville. You know, there's very fine people on both sides. And, you know, I mean, we, we couldn't be any further from the New Zealand than where we are now sitting here in California. Yeah. It blows my mind that there's someone out there who would do such a thing and speak as how our president gave them strength or some bullshit. And we have people in our own country who support our president and think think nothing of it. Like, you know, those of us who don't like our president to begin with for the right reasons. And then shit like this. I, our president is inspiring hate literally around the world to do these. I mean, they were already hateful to begin with. Let's be clear. These people, he didn't make them their, that this way. They were already hateful in their hearts. But he gave them the confidence in their hate. He normalized their hate. He inspires to act on their hate. I, I'm at a loss of words. I, I, I don't even know anymore. Because I saw that thing on Facebook just today when it's a screenshot of him mocking uh, a disabled reporter. And I said, this should have been the end of it. I remember I went back to that time mentally. I was like, yeah, it should have been. And here we are. I mean, not even what's going on in our country because of him, but now it's happening all over because of him. Yeah. When we have presidential candidates today that say, when a question is asked whether they believe a person is racist, the most centrist and... um safe answer that they often give that conveys as status quo is that I don't know what's in his heart. Right. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes we forget the value of, of those who like that type of talk or that type of rhetoric. If the racists like you, if the white supremacists like you, then you're white supremacist. Yeah. Right. Then you are racist. Right. If they like what you're saying and they're voting for you, then that's what you are. Yeah. And you got it. And you have to be able to stand up and say, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. And not say, well, I don't know what's in his heart. Fuck, you know what's in his heart. The fucking racists love him. He's not condemning these people. And that's the thing. That's what's in his heart. He's no. not condemning them. No. Because he needs the votes. He needs that 30%. You know? That's what it comes down to. He needs he that money. Sees, oh, these people love me. That's all he sees is he's a narcissistic, yeah. narcissistic asshole who sees these people love me. He can't separate that from who they truly are. Yeah. Well, Cory Cory Booker was uh was one of the president one one of the candidates that said, "Well, I don't know what's in this guy's heart." Like, have you not been li listening to what he's been saying for the last like five years? Right. He led he led the charge. Trump before he was running for office, led the charge 
against uh, then-President Obama about whether or not his birth certificate was real. Questioning his status mm-hmm. as an American. Yeah. Right? And you're telling me you don't know whether he's racist or not? Uh-huh. Shit, he wouldn't be doing that to Ronald Reagan. Right? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican Jesus. That's what I'm yeah, that's why I can't stand Cory Booker, man. That guy, you know, poor Rosario Dawson. She's going out with them, man. I love, oh. I loved her till then. <laughs> I feel betrayed now. <laughs> I feel slightly betrayed. My heart's broken. Poor no, but yeah, poor, poor, poor Rosario. You know, no, but it's it's a it's a it's a truly sad um, event. And because those won't, those who are in charge will never say this is a terror attack, a true terrorist attack, because it's not a, it's not a Muslim, it's not a brown person committing acts right. of violence, right, against white bodies. It is a white person committing violence against brown bodies, and it's just a homicide. It's just a murder. It's just a massacre, and that's what it'll ever be. And it's sad because. It still portrays the whole narrative of that, um, that it's only the other that can be bad, and is and it's the and it's them that can never be whitewashed. Somehow they were always they were born evil. They were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, this violence was always going to happen. There's every excuse in the world if you're white. Yeah, it's you're an angel. You're hey, if you're any shade you're, of brown. It's because you're a bad guy who hates Americans and what we stand for. If you're any shade of pale and white, it's oh they're mentally yeah. ill. There's they are there. But but if it's truly if they're mentally ill, why you keep cutting services for mentally ill people? Why you keep allowing gun sales to mentally ill people? Like right? It's it's um as a white American, like it just it sickens me that this is like. It's 2019 for all the progress we should have made by now. Like for God's sakes, the Justin's had me believing we'd be living in space. Um, we seem to keep going further and further back. Uh, and all evidence points to the fact that it's just white people who can't handle the inclusion of others. No. And it's a lot of the rhetoric of what we hear every day. We we hear it, we we hear it um, in our nightly um, opinionated uh, so, supposed newscast. People take it as newscast, but they're just opinion talking heads showing up on um, cable TV and spewing their hate. And it was Judge uh, was a Pereiro or Perino that was on Fox News that questioned the validity of 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 um, Representative. Um, Omar Elard, um, what's her name? The congressman from Minnesota, whether she was, you know, can she be truly faithful to the constitution of the United States or will her headdress and her, and her religion, you know, block that. And they hear that, you know, they yeah. love it. It's, 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 you're, you're throwing red meat to that, that base that they hear it. And it's like, all right, let's act. And it's fucking sick. It's the it sickest is. thing that you can you can hear, you know. Right. Thankfully, not her off air. I think she finally got off air for it. I mean, she's been spewing well, hate for ever. Well, she's. I mean, she's deserving of the c word. I won't say it, but she is. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, she's deserving a lot of things, but you know what? Um, hurting them monetarily is where is where it's it's going to happen because. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation, sometimes even a lot of debate, where they say, um, you know, how do we have a debate about these ideologies, and how do we have a debate about and have a conversation about these different ideas of um, anti-religion and Islamophobia and um, um, white uh, white nationalist rhetoric and supremacy and supremacy and stuff. And it's like. When you get that far extreme, the only thing that they're thinking of is one um, self-preservation of of what their nationalist idea is, right? And then mm-hmm. after that, they're thinking about 
how do we get rid of the other? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they, they often come out and say, well, you know, um, we can, we, we can live in separate worlds, but we can uh, have forced segregation and we can make you leave. And then if it doesn't get to that point, then we just kill you. Right. And so then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you go, well, how do you have a conversation where your whole idea of living and running this world is based on the, on the idea of that you are going to push me down to the ground and it's rooted in my inhumanity, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the whole conversation. People want to have this debate and you're like, um, how do you debate genocide? You don't. Right. right. Is what it comes down to. You <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. You're like whether it's um whether it's you know it's it's culturally a sensitive genocide, it's genocide. Genocide is genocide. It is the root. It, it's it's to kill off a per of a, a generation and a community of people, right? Mm -hmm. That is your whole goal. There is no conversation in that. There's no debating it whatsoever. And that's what I can never understand is that there's often those that say, well, we should sit down and be able to debate these ideas. Well, you fucking debate genocide then. Right. Right. Then I'm dead. So you can't debate it. Right. right? Or you're dead and you can't debate it. You know, or he's dead and he can't debate it. So what? Well, I mean, the whole situation that happened in New Zealand is the whole thing is sickening. Just like any any time something like this is just completely sad and uncalled for. But there's things that they did that raised the stakes. Like I, I hate the fact that this has become more prevalent where it was live streamed. Like, could you imagine? If you're in that position, heaven forbid, and then now all of a sudden the new thing now is we're going to live stream it for the whole world to see. Like, I don't know. I, I'm just at a loss. Like, because my, start, my starting point in all this is Columbine in 1999 and how it's progressed since then. Like in our adult lives, honestly, that happened in, when we were in high school and it's only gotten worse. And now we've reached a point where, all right, well, these people are obviously, because the next worst person is going to do even worse than that. And to bring back to a point of hope, like I just want to give Australia and New Zealand credit. They're at least trying their best to curb it from happening again. Yeah. Well, what happened in our time was messed up in the sense that um, it had been, I think it had been quite a while since we've experienced something of that magnitude because there was the Texas tower, you know, the university of Texas, that tower shooting that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think right after that, there was another one that in the 1980s where a sniper was shooting kids in Bakersfield. I think it was. And, um, and that one's less known, but mm -hmm. it did happen. And then all of a sudden we had Columbine, right? Where, yeah. where um, kids died. Yeah, it was I literally mean, people our age who did it. Because I, I remember, I think it was I mean, a junior high school when it happened. Mm -hmm. so, and then it, it takes off from there, sadly, you know. I mean, I don't think there was, I think there was less high-speed chases before OJ decided to evade the police. But... Um, right. I mean, at least, like I said, at least New Zealand and Australia are already taking steps to prevent the next incident. And I just don't get why here in our country we can't do similar things. I yeah. mean, case, case in point, and, you know, it was a meme I saw. Not really a meme. It wasn't a meme, sorry. But, you know, it was something how it stated New Zealand has already banned assault rifles and I think Australia, yeah and Australia has already banned Nazis and then the response to that was what they didn't even try thoughts and prayers 
<laughs> like, you know, we've gone through this more than anybody. And yeah. that's all we resort to every time because guns. Well, what do you, what do you, okay. Uh, a young guy walked into a kindergarten, an elementary school and shot down, what was it, 20 kids? Mm-hmm. 25, 30 kids, little, little babies, four, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And that didn't even change the whole gun debate. That's where we're at in America right no. now is that no, you can I, murder I think... kids, chill babies, you know, literally oh, just two or three years before that they were still pooping in diapers and here we are murdering kids and nothing happens. And then we have fucking people like Alex Jones saying it was a hoax. Yeah. Thank God the course decided he can get sued for that. But there's people who believe that shit. Absolutely. They believe it. And that's what's wrong with their society is that we're are now at a point where it's okay. Um, it's part of the free speech to put this out there. And, um, and it's free, right? And so if you think, okay, so if we have a thought exercise about this whole idea of free speech, right? And we're thinking about these guys that are coming out and they're able to say these things, mm-hmm. their stuff is free. It's super accessible, right? You can you can you can you can somehow search it on your on your phone and then um, all of a sudden it's popping up on your Twitter, it's popping up on your Facebook popping up on your YouTube of all these uh, suggestions of things for you to watch based on what you've been searching on. Right. And it's free, absolutely free, no paywalls whatsoever, but the good content, the content that we need in our lives that uh, provide thought that's, uh, you know, provide the opportunity for us to question things are not. And, Mm -hmm. and where are they being hidden behind a paywall? So this is how they get their stuff out because it's absolutely free. You can click on it and be like, oh, well, I read on Facebook, you know, that it was a hoax, that mm-hmm. they were paid actors, uh, you know, crisis actors that were out there standing to pretend to be parents and that none of it happened. And it was a false flag event, right? Well, you would go and you Google it again and you want to read about it in the New York Times or your local paper. Like, for example, my press enterprise only allows me to read three, three or four five, whatever it is, articles mm-hmm. a month. And I've already passed that. How do I know what's going on? Well, you clear cachet and start over. Yeah, you got But on <laughs> jokes aside, um, well, generally, I, I, I have found, um, since our current commander-in-chief has been in office, the people who would sit there and say, oh, I heard they're crisis actors, are the people who... Even if you had all the proof in the world that they aren't, aren't going to be swayed anyways. Somehow we have a whole faction of our society who has been led to believe that their opinion is more important than actual fact. Yeah. And when you have the actual fact, you can't prove them of the actual fact. Yeah. Well, it's like my favorite saying, you have a right to your opinion. You just don't have a right to your facts. Well, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. You just don't have the right to your own facts. The facts are the facts, you know. So, yeah. interesting, yeah. interesting thing about words. Now that we're on this whole conversation about it, is that um, when the word genocide was being introduced and debated upon um, mm-hmm. after the Holocaust, um, America played a heavy hand on the true definition of what it meant of genocide meant. Mm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the individual who came up with it before the Nuremberg trials, um, was a, a Polish Jew in 1990, 1944, excuse me, 1944, he was a lawyer. Um, he he brought it he brought it forward about what he saw and he and he coined the term of of genocide mm-hmm. um and uh at the time the reason why america played a heavy hand in that is because what was going on was um jim uh, not a lot of jim crow laws were going on right 
-hmm. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. And uh, now there was a lot of free black men running around, but yet there's a lot of Jim Crow laws. People were being hung by their necks for no reason. Mm -hmm. In essence, there was a genocide of people in America that was occurring. Um, The second genocide, I call it, because the first was uh, the Native Americans. Now you're having, uh, you know, black Americans at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And and they played a heavy hand on what the term genocide really meant. And so uh, his original definition was way, uh, was far more broad than what it is today. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of things that were taken out of the definition that America um, was okay with because of what they were doing. And so... Um, and and some of it is like not including the word, uh, not including the idea of writing or language, um, voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not considered genocide. But when you really think about it, it is genocide. When you when you sequester someone's um, indigenous language, you're truly trying to wipe them off the earth because then now they can't communicate. Mm-hmm. They have no way of speaking to each other anymore. You have to speak the common language. You're, so you're eradicating a culture and forcing them into one box again. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's okay. you know as we're going about you know words and how you know they all play into each other. But that's a that's fun fact Monday. Hey, we got two. We doubled up today. Two fun facts. Well, I need- hope they find this guy guilty first of all, and they don't they don't say hey, he's a fucking psychopath, and we got to throw him in a mental facility well i think that would only happen in the united states so i think we're okay there um that shit i'm generally against the death penalty but this time yeah i i I might make an exception (laughs) i might i might make it you know well that was wrong i just you know the more it happens the more you realize you just feel like at some point you're gonna be in the wrong place at the wrong time it's, it's just everywhere. I feel that way about school shootings. Oh, yeah. I won't I go there on that one. Every day. <laughs> every day I feel that about school shootings. You know, my past life, that's when when people said, oh, you got the most easiest job in the world. They said, yeah, how many school shootings that we've had? Yeah. Right. Nah, not so easy when that's on your mind. Like some kid that just decided enough was enough and – he was like, I want to take everybody out with me. And I'm walking down the hallway at the wrong time at the, at the right time. But at the, you know, I'm, I'm I am where I'm supposed to be going at the place I'm supposed to be going, but yeah. he happened to be there, you know? And so that's, I, I feel sad for those, those children and those, that community as well. Yeah. And, I mean, we were kids once, obviously. Um, we didn't get here by accident, but we also haven't grown up in the worlds the current kids have grown up in. Because, I mean, it's not like bullies didn't exist 20 years ago, but 20 years ago, you had your escape at least. You know, if you had a bad school day, it ended. You can go home. It ended at home. three. Yeah, you go, you home. go home. You were safe from you it. For... Yeah, you go now, in your room. These kids have no escape because yeah, they're, they're getting out of school, but then they get on Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and whatever the fuck the kids have these days. There's no escape from it anymore. It's 24 seven. If you're, if, and I, I don't know. I, I feel sorry for them, you know? Yeah. But here, here is my thing that I've always, I've, I have, um, always asked about this situation is they have told me that, you know, that's always, they're always around it with social media. Mm. And I've asked in the past, um, why don't you just turn it off? Fair point. Why don't you just shut the phone down? Why don't you just turn the computer off? Why don't you just get off the, in, off the internet? What, you know, what, what is, pre- what is preventing you from doing that one thing? So that is not impeding your life anymore. I can no. never get an answer. Because I can the, never get an answer. You couldn't because you're asking them to describe an addiction. And they can't. Right. 
They want to see more of it. It hurts them, but they want to see more of it. And that's where I'm like, come on, man. Like, maybe, I don't know. I guess maybe if it happens to my son, I might be like, give me your fucking phone already. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm shutting down the internet in this bitch for for three weeks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is not going to happen, you know? Yeah, being more connected is not a good thing. It really isn't. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't mind. Well, I'll just block his ass from the internet too, so he'd have to have the password again. And mm-hmm. I'll put in one of those intelligent routers in my house. Say, good luck get through this, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would because I, I like you. I remember the days where, like, if you wanted beef with somebody and you wanted to start trouble, you show up to their house. Yeah. Hey, come outside. Let's fight, you know. Well, and she you waited for the after school or something, right? In the hallways of the cl- of the of the elementary school or high school. Now well, it's not like that. Even in our 20s and I tell this to people all the time. I remember bitching when I was in my 20s. You go to the bar to have a good time, and I would hate when the bar would get shut down because people resorted to fist fighting and it pissed me off. I was like, why do you need to like can we all just go out and drink and have a good time? Uh-huh. And now I beg for those days. I mean, not that we go out anymore because we're late thirties and we have kids, but <laughs> but now I'd beg for that time because people don't fist fight anymore. They went straight to guns. Like you can't skip to the end. You got to work through the process here. Yeah, yeah. They they're, they they want to go straight to the shooting and not to the the fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me just say, like, since we're on that subject of people doing shitty things. I abhor the fact that people just can't like fine. If you reach your wits end, you want to offer yourself fine. Fucking kill yourself. I don't get why people take out their families in the process. Yeah, I never understood that one. Like the Melendez brothers. And there's a recent one where like the guy in Colorado, I don't remember his name, but you know, he he's now serving forever in prison because he killed his wife and his two daughters who were three and four. And I, I, I read. I, I was an idiot who read the story. I shouldn't have. No, sad. no. Why? Why are you fucking kids? Like of all things, like why do you have to kill the innocent people? It's just yeah. Yeah. Why not just leave them? Why not just leave them? Like that was his whole thing. Was he was having an affair and he wanted a fresh start? Well, fucking leave them. Leave he, him and pay the worse, he he went to his wife and said, I'm having an affair. She said, I'm going to leave you and take the kids, which was her God-given right because you fucked up. You're going to kill her because she did the right thing? Because you're... He was already fucked up. Sense. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it's the same thing that happened to that guy who decided to push his, his pregnant wife and son off of a cliff in Utah. You know, they were standing there. He said, all right, I'll take your picture. And they walked to the edge of the cliff. He walked over, pushed him off the cliff. Both of them fell to the deaths. Just, Imagine, that, that's it. Just to have a clean start, he said. Just let living people live. Pay your price. You, you know, you done fucked up. You don't want to be in any more fine. Do it yeah. the right way and pay them the money. Yeah, you know, your child support and alimony. People don't deserve to die because you're a pussy. We live in a, well, we've always lived in a fucked up world. I can't say Mm -hmm. we live in one now. I want to say we've always have lived in a fucked up world. Correct, which leads me to this question. Do you think, because, you know, we're always subject to the whole back in my day crap, and I'm not sure if you've gotten there yet with your son, but we've had it here. You know, the older your kids get, the more you tend to use it, but... Do you think if our parents had had the same access, if they had the same luxuries we have in the technology world, do you think they would have parented the same way we do? No. No. Do you think they still would have no let way. us run around in the streets and who gives a crap about child trafficking? Nope. And, nope. Do you still think they would have been carefree? No, because I think because of technology, I'm like way too uh, helicopterish with my son. Like, I don't. Uh, we go to the jump house, okay, mm. and it's an extra five bucks for me to get in there, and I'm 
ticket on and everything and putting on the freaking socks. And if you've ever been to a jump house, you know what I'm talking about. I'm in there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't let them run around where anywhere I can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, if I if I if I don't have my hand on them or it's a little extreme, but if I can't see them or you know, haven't heard from him in a minute. I'm mm-hmm. looking for him because of that. Because of that, you we uh, we were recently two months ago at the Burbank Airport, and out of nowhere, um, our daughter just ran off. Yeah, she saw she. You know, I had bought her a toy at a shop, and we turned her back for one second. And she ran down there without asking. And for about five seconds, she was out of our sight. And this was an airport. There's not so many places you can technically escape. You know, they, yeah. I mean, they have the ability to shut that place down, I suppose. But it's just crazy. We've been pushing the rover. Yeah. We can't trust nobody. But I, I have a theory that these bad things have always happened. Probably yes. almost at the same rate they always have. The only thing that has changed is our access to the information of them happening. Exactly. And that's just, you know, I would I would love to be back in the eighties where, you know, the kids could just go out and do whatever. I, I wish we ha- could have that world. But I remember playing out in the summers, and from the time you could get up in the morning and finish all your chores until, hey, mom said you got to come and eat dinner or. Even when you ate dinner, you did whatever you had to do, and then you could go back outside again because it was those long summer nights, right? Mm-hmm. It was summer. You, you're fourth or fifth grade. Everybody was outside. You go outside and play again. That's what you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the to the point where you were like exhausted, you would literally pass out as you hit the pillow. You know, after your right. shower, you know, you're pushing all that energy like that. But I don't know. It's sad. I live in a good neighborhood, and I hope to live here quite a bit where my son could go down to the mm-hmm. other end of the street where all the little kids are because on the other end of my street, there's a lot of little kids. Mm-hmm. And let them go play and go play as well, you know. Um, but, again, I guess it's the access to the information that makes us um, – Right. It gives us super anxiety. We don't just have – we're not anxious about things. We have super anxiety. We have – Anxiety 2.0, you know? Pretty much. Pretty much. About, about the world's uh, evils. It's a sad state of affairs, man. Sad state of affairs. Agreed. But with all that said, um, you know, we hate to get all somber and... One of, one of the goals we had in this show was to talk about current events and the things that are important. And sometimes that means talking about things that we'd rather not talk about, but they are important to us and they should be important to everybody because we should all be doing our part to help frame, so- frame society in a way that maybe these things are less prevalent. But with that said, we will conclude tonight's episode. And, you know, until, until next time, we bid you good afternoon. Good evening and good night. Yeah, I'll get the recording.